0: Welcome back to another episode of End. Me and Joe are here with you as always. And the episode name, if you couldn't tell, I'm Joe, I know I didn't tell you before the uh, podcast recording, but I decided to name it World Wind Watch. Now, why would I decide to name the podcast episode World Wind Watch? Well, the Leafs goaltending has been a whirlwind in the last month or so. The Montreal Canadiens just recently played a game that was a whirlwind to watch. I was just getting updates in the car. As I was driving home from my hockey game, but that was a whirlwind as well. And then something I think we'll discuss later in the episode around after the quick news is the Vegas Golden Knights, where they stand in the, uh, the NHL regular season and when they go to the deadline and when they go to the playoffs. So there's a lot of whirlwind things happening in the NHL, and there's a lot of things happening in the world right now that we won't go into full detail. We will go into some detail about the Russian thing, uh, Russian players and uh, the Russian teams that are um, around the world and what could it be happening with them. But the first thing I want to talk about is the Maple Leafs because they have been in the news recently and deservedly so. They just got pummeled 5-1 by the Buffalo Sabres. Didn't watch a minute of that game. Good thing I didn't watch a minute of the game. But you didn't see the 10-7 game on Saturday night because you were watching the Habs versus Ottawa in Ottawa, correct? I was. So that game was unbelievably crazy. You, I don't think any fan out there would think their team up seven, two, seven, one, whatever. Well, I can't remember. Cause there were so many goals scored, but you don't think your team's actually going to blow the lead, but you think in the back of your mind thinking, Oh shit, like maybe it could happen. And it almost did. Like you saw after the game, obviously on your phone, like what was your reaction?
1: So like, okay. So we're at the game in Ottawa. It's, after the second, the Montreal game is basically done because, like, obviously 7-2, there's already a lot of goals in the game. Montreal was only 2-1, and it was, like, the third period was basically, you know, coming to an end, whatever. We get back to my car because I parked at the arena, Canadian Tire Centre. Then it's 7-4. Obviously, it's jam-packed to get out. We're sitting in the car. It's 7-6 then it's eight, six, then it's eight, seven, and then it's nine, seven. And then we started watching the game in the car and then it was 10, seven. So I just, I missed, like, I only saw like the last two leaf goals, I think, or the last, no, just the, the fourth Marner goal. Mm. And it, I was like, what the hell is this goaltending? Both teams. Like that's yeah. a joke. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, how can you be a professional? Like, the goals that were going in were mm-hmm. like, we could stop them. Yeah, bad. Half of them, they didn't even know that where they were in the net. Like, Campbell, specifically, the guy got pulled winning the game because he let in like five goals in like, uh, what, eight minutes? It was just a, a joke on both sides. Like, offensive feast for the first sign of the lease uh matthews marner and bunting where they get like 15 or 16 points and like basically won you the fantasy week
0: (laughs) more or less um
1: and it was just like crazy i'm like i've never seen 7-1 or 7-2 go to like basically 8-7 in like half a period Mm -hmm. so what was your reaction watching it
0: well (laughs) you know the boys get together on saturday night and we were watching it and i'm like Okay, so Marner scored the seventh goal. Okay, I'm getting a game-winning goal because he has a hat-trick, right? No, not the case. Every single goal, I'm like, oh, shit, I'm not going to get the game-winning goal. Because in that time of the matchup, I was only up by, like, five. So I was like, okay, I need these two points. And I don't get the two points, and I was pissed. And then I saw Bunder go down there, feed it to Marner for, like, the tenth goal or something like that. But thankfully, I won the matchup. But my reaction is just, like, aw- Awful on both ends goaltending wise you can't have four goaltenders play a game um you know maybe if there's an injury sure but you can't have them being pulled for both teams and like you said joe the big one there is jack hamill getting pulled in a win like i've never seen a leaf goaltender getting pulled in a win unless he's injured like it's you don't really see that happening because you don't think coley's gonna lend five goals in what you said like almost like four or five minutes so that's concerning I'm not panicking, but I'm concerned. And I don't think that's something the Leafs need to kind of target. I don't know what you think, but I don't think that's something they need to target at the trade deadline because then they get all stupid and what if that goalie doesn't work, right? Like, let's say they get flurried. They're not, but let's just say they do. And he doesn't work. It's even more slap in the face because you thought it was. Um, But what do you think the Leafs have to do in terms of going to the deadline with goalies? Do you think they need one or...
1: No, no. They have to stick with the guys they have now. Unfortunately, we've already talked about this in a chat that Mrazic's stealing money. Mm. Well, he's locked in for the next two years, so you can't really do anything about him. Um, Campbell's a UFA, so, like, that one's really tricky because he's been pretty bad the last two months. Well, both of them have been, honestly. Like, they've been below average. Just they've been outscoring the other team for most of the wins. Um. But, no, the, they shouldn't add a goalie because, like, that's not going to work. They need to add, like, defensemen, like, multiple. Because Muzzin is, again, he's stealing money as well. Yeah. Because he's been awful all year long. And he's been consistently hurt ever mm. since the Columbus bubble uh, playoff or series. Yeah, no, no, or no you're like, right. Yeah, he yeah. had that neck injury. Then he got hurt versus the Habs where he pulled his groin, literally chasing and icing. Then – all the concussions this year, and, and he's banged up and this and that. He's not getting any younger. If they get a defenseman, they, they might shut him down until the playoffs. So they need someone to fill in that gap for now and going into the playoffs. Because it, as you saw yesterday, they had Sandine playing with Riley and that was that was embarrassing, some of the goals they were on for. But they need defenseman ASAP. I don't think they need forwards. All this JT Miller stuff. They do not need JT Miller. Like they have four guys that are well, two that are all world right now. That first line's on fire. Tavares has been very slow. No shit. The last Just like a shit. month. Don't he's been, yeah. He's it. been shit. He's been shit the last month. Like he has zero. He has as many goals as us since like mid February or mm-hmm. like end of January. Mm-hmm. Um, But like, I still don't like, they can still score like the third line, like Mikheyev has been okay. Like they have Kasha, like they have depth scoring. Okay. Maybe you call up Robertson and he does something they need D bad because if Muzzin, they probably might shut him down till the playoffs, make sure he's a thousand percent healthy. Um, and they, they still need someone even with Muzzin healthy because Dermot sucks, Hall sucks. They traded for Labushkin, who's like a six. Yeah, that's what you expected, though, yeah. Yeah, and then you have Lilligren, who do you really trust them in a playoff series? Not sure yet. No, no. The only D that are for sure, like Riley, who's not great defensively, Brody, and like Sandine. Like, the other guys are kind of question marks in terms of health and and like, can you trust them? So I think they need to get a defenseman or like multiple ASAP. Like one, maybe stud and then another depth defenseman. And that's where my boy Ben Chirac comes in.
0: Yeah, no, thanks. I'm not taking Ben (laughs) Chirac. Like, okay, not taking him. But like you said, with the forward, like there's this talk with them getting JT Miller. And the only reason that's in the air is because... Now the conversation shift to, oh, we need someone to play with Tavares instead of someone to play Like, that conversation has now come into the fold because how bad he's been. And, you know, it actually makes sense right now. Like, it makes sense to say that because he's been so bad. But years prior, it was him setting up Molson, Bailey, like all these guys, Marner with the 47 goals in his first year. And that's why the conversation has trickled in. It's obviously Leafs media hyping it up. But that's why the conversation has trickled in to get all these forward guys like Giroux, like Miller, like I've seen. So I don't think they're really – if they do acquire him, cool. That's really good. That's a really good option on the forward group. But ultimately, I think they need someone steady on the back end who can puck move. And I don't know whether that is a Josh Manson, a John Klingberg, like a someone like that. But, yeah, I don't know. They're going to really have to figure that out. And they really – I I don't – like they just really got to get their game together and really good because you can't really lose to five one to Buffalo on a Wednesday night in a first full crowd uh, in months at the Scotiabank arena. That's unacceptable. So yeah, the goaltending needs to be better. Their defense needs to be better. They need to get more scoring from other lines and more production out of them. But you know, we'll see what happens with the Leafs. At the deadline once we get closer. It's, it's a, th- a month away or three weeks away from the trade deadline. So we'll see what happens, but your team was in a whirlwind uh, the last couple of weeks because they were on a five-game winning streak. They were playing very well under a new coach, Marty, and Cole Kaufman was ripping it up. Anderson was ripping it up. And then they still ripped it up on Tuesday night, but they ultimately got the L in an 8-4 loss. All that Shifley thing came in. Um, but what are your thoughts on this, uh, this stretch from the Habs? Because you saw one of the games live in Ottawa.
1: Yeah, so, like, the fact that they won five straight in this year, like, I was stunned by Like, it was, like, their first time winning five straight in, like, literally, like, three or four years, which is fucked. Um, But, like, they've been, like, a lot better offensively, even defensively other than, the like, two nights ago. They've been a lot better defensively. Like, during that five-game win streak, they had, like, like, 20 goals for and, like, eight against, which was, like, amazing for them for this year. I was like, wow when I saw that but yeah like you said like they they traded to Foley and then they went on that five game win streak um so basically what they did is they moved Anderson to the top line and that line's been great and it was great again on Tuesday even though they got schlacked for the most part but yeah like I think it just when I went to see them live like to be honest, that game was a little boring. Yeah, 2-1. It was like 2-1, yeah. like, tight. Like, there was not many chances. Like, Murray played really good for Ottawa. Mm-hmm. Robbed Hoffman, like, twice. But, like, there wasn't, like, all oh, amazing, like, chances for both sides. Like, it was really tight. So, like, I was impressed from that standpoint that they played tight and there wasn't much they gave up. They got the Hamburglar, the win, that beauty. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like obviously that loss to Winnipeg was pretty embarrassing. It was like 4 nothing, like eight minutes into the game. And then all of a sudden it's 4-3 after the first period. And then they actually tied the game 4-4 early in the second. And then the wheels came off. It was 5-4 after the second for the Jets. And then they just shit themselves in the third. They pulled, they should have pulled Blow way earlier. They pulled him after the seventh goal when there was like 10 minutes left in the game, I'm like, uh, that should have been like after eight minutes <laughs> into the first period. But anyways, um, they're, they're just more fun to watch. Like I'll say, I'll keep, I keep saying it in our group chat. Like if this run and the way that they play with the exact same players, minus Toffoli, who is one of their better players this year. And the fact that they won in that five game win streak, they beat the Leafs and St. Louis during that five game win streak. So two playoff teams. If that doesn't tell you how shit of a coach Ducharme was, I don't know what else to yeah, tell you. It's the exact same roster minus one of their better forwards. So that's all you really need to know. But uh, yeah.
0: Down the stretch, it should be interesting for the Habs because you know, usually teams like this sell really hard and maybe they want to hold on to a couple guys for next season, next couple years. But we'll see what the Habs do. They're playing well, so I think that's what you would ask for as a fan. Like, I keep mentioning this, and I'll keep mentioning it. When the Leafs did this rebuild, they did that small rebuild. They at least were playing good and competing in games.
1: Yeah, was, and,
0: And that's the case right now with the Montreal Canadiens. And that's what you want to see from a fan because you're like, okay, it's bright at the end of the tunnel. It's not dark because the losing was going on and all that coaching stuff, cold coffee, not scoring. And now you have all the guys basically playing good on all cylinders is what you would want from a rebuilding team. So, can't yes. say the same. You can't say the same thing about Seattle right now, but that's another topic for another day.
1: Yeah, Seattle, we already kind of ripped them a few weeks ago. But going back to Montreal quickly, like the win streak kind of helped the guys that they're probably going to trade. Like obviously, Shiraz to UFA, then like and who's been like he was on fire when I went for solid. I scored two goals, mm-hmm. but he's an he's an RFA, so. He's kind of been, like, linked to the Rangers and all that. So, like, that win streak, even as a fan, oh, the guys that they are going to trade, for sure, are playing well. So, it's going to increase their trade value. Yeah. So like, they need to keep, like, guys like a Josh Anderson, they need to keep him. Um, they need to – Petrie, like, and the when the right offer comes along, then you can trade him, whether it's at the trade deadline or in the offseason because, obviously, he's got term left. Someone like Jake Allen, who's not – currently playing because he's not healthy he still has another year left so what do you do with him do you trade him he has one year left you can do it in the offseason so it's like stuff like that like they have to like kind of evaluate who they want going into next year as well and like who can help them and all that so yep. it's going to be interesting to see the trade deadline's only two and a half weeks away here and even though it was so late this year they're going to play like 65 games almost 60 plus mm. games before the trade deadline which is too much but anyways But yeah, it's going to be interesting the next few weeks.
0: Yep. And speaking of interesting things, interesting couple of weeks prior to it, our podcast recording all the stuff with Ukraine and Russia, um, in hockey terms, Russia and Belarus national teams, prospects have been banned from double IHF events. So that includes a prospect game. Um, I think it's leading in towards getting drafted. I'm not confirmed on that, but I think it's towards that, uh, the double IHF world championship that happens every like may. And I think prospect tournament, tur- uh, tournaments like the Holinka Gretzky cup, I believe is one of those things. I'm forgetting one more thing. I don't know what the other world words. juniors world juniors. Yep. But well, there's another one. Um, oh, uh, NHL 22, I guess if that counts, right. Oh, yeah. FIFA 22. Right. So <laughs> yeah, those yeah. teams, I don't think players have been banned, but I think they are removed, sorry, from the game, but I think it's the teams, the national teams have been removed from the game. Um, I don't really want to get into thoughts, like, it's just too much to handle, but it's obviously really big news for those two nations.
1: Yeah, like, it's so messed up, like, how this all started Mm conveniently right after the Olympics is what I noticed from this whole thing. Um, It just doesn't make sense, like, like why there's a need to announce a war right now. Like, why you have to attack Ukraine? Like, they do nothing. Like, you can leave them alone. But then, like, yeah, like, all the ramifications, like, just in the in the sports world, like, revoking sponsorships, play teams and, like, the KHL um, dropping out. The playoffs just started for the KHL. Like, teams dropped out because they don't want to give, basically, money to the Russian economy. That's why all of these things are banned, whatever. It's all in a – all a move to basically – destroy not destroy but like damage the russian economy as a punishment for them going to war with ukraine um so that's kind of like the motivation behind all this and obviously the fact that they have to it's like unjust and like there's everyone's siding with ukraine which is the right thing to do but it's just it's so crazy how we're in a pandemic for two fucking years and mm-hmm. then like now you want to do a war like Like, I don't get it. No one does. Even the people of Russia or don't get it. Mm -hmm. So it's just a a bad situation all around.
0: Yep. And there's that side of, oh, these kids weren't involved in it, but they happen to be Russians. So let's take them out of the sport they love to play and have nothing to do with the war actually, but don't really want to get into too details, details into it because it could get messy, but uh, yeah, it's not great looking for those two nations heading forward for double IHF, but we we'll go into to something that happened on Tuesday night. Mark Shifley, uh, that was the first game, I believe, against the Habs. Was it in Winnipeg or Montreal, or was it the first game?
1: It was in Winnipeg. This so the was first the game first game back in Winnipeg. That playoff series. Okay. Yeah.
0: Okay, so, yeah. Obviously, if you don't know, with the Jake Evans stuff, you got suspended. Jake Evans was almost out for the whole playoffs. I believe he came back in the finals, right, or Vegas?
1: Yeah, like, yeah, like right at the end of the Vegas series, but, like, didn't play that much.
0: Yeah, still doesn't matter, it was awful. It was just an awful hit. And I guess there was retribution from Mark Shifley. Uh Chris Weidman, defenseman for the Montreal Canadiens, went after him in a fight. I guess if that's what you want to call a fight, but it was more of a skirmish and falling down. And then Mark Shifley proceeds to do a taunting, I guess, gesture to the crowd, just firing them up with his hands. As a Habs fan, I would hate that. That is embarrassing on Mark Scheifele's part. I love Mark Shifley as a player. I'm starting to criticize the person he is. Um, but just what are your thoughts on that?
1: Not the guy's a clown and a loser. <laughs> yeah. I, like, ever since that hit, and, like, his response to the media is like, yeah, like, or like, he didn't, like, apologize at all. Uh, when the actual Evans hit happened, if I remember correctly, like, he didn't, actually apologize uh I don't know if he texts them but like to the media he's like yeah like I'll just take the punishment whatever <laughs> and then the guy fights Weidman so first of all Weidman is five foot nine Shifley's six three Weidman was not on the team last year <laughs> when he did the hit because the team Montreal didn't decide to engage like at all like obviously the guys from last year like Sharrock could have easily fought him or oh, whatever yeah. but they didn't so the at this point in the game, it's eight four Winnipeg because mm-hmm. they blew a four. They were up four nothing, blew the four goals, then then won by four goals. This guy's pumping up a crowd in a game where they blew a four nothing lead against a team that's in last place, and the fact that they're, I would say seventy five percent going to miss the playoffs this year. When they should have no business missing the playoffs, uh, at boy, Mark. That's all I gotta say to you. You've been shit like seventy percent of the year and been good the last month with your boy Blake over there. But firing up the Winnipeg crowd when you're not even in a close to a playoff spot, like you're eight points out of a playoff spot, I think. So I don't know what you're doing, but you gotta not give up four goals when you're up four nothing because your goalie's a turnstile. -hmm. And so is your defense. And you're part of the problem and with that defensive play. So just good on you, Marky.
0: Yeah, it was uh he knew exactly what he was doing. If he denied it at the at the post-game press conferences that he wasn't trying to fire up the crowd, you you were trying to fire up the crowd at an 8-4-game mark. So don't worry about that. Um that happened on Tuesday night. A lot of other things have happened. Miko Koskin recently has been really good, uh 3 0 and 0 in the last three games, 936 save percentage, 2.12 goals against average, and one shutout in there. I believe he's made more than 30 saves in all three of those starts. So, Joe, is he the answer in net Fredmonton?
1: At this point, yeah. I mean, are you gonna throw fifty year old Smitty in there and get embarrassed? Are you gonna throw Stuart Skinner in there, who's not who's still developing? I think it's going to be – if I'm Edmonton, if you don't get a goalie, like say they don't. Like I'm not mm. saying they should or whatever. If they don't, it should literally be Koskinen and Skinner as a starter. Do not start that old man Smitty. So you're going to say something stink? else there. I was. <laughs> I was going to say something. I stomped myself because Smitty was so good last year. Then he just had old man diarrhea this year. And they just they just need to ride the hot hand. They can't yeah. keep switching back and forth. Whoever's playing the best, throw them in net. If it's Koskinen, throw them in net every game. Like, they need to make the playoffs because they're not a for-sure thing to make the playoffs, Edmonton. Calgary's ahead of them. Vegas, as we'll talk about soon, is in there. Um, then you have L.A., who's in there for the Pacific. So, like, Edmonton, it's not a for-sure thing they'll make the playoffs. So they need to just ride whoever's the hottest goalie mm-hmm. into the playoffs.
0: Yep, agree. Totally agree. So I don't know. They traded Alex Stalock for future considerations to San Jose. Uh he has been in the organization. Like, I don't think he ever played a game for Edmonton. He was just there. He I believe last year at the start he got COVID, then got injured, never played a game for Edmonton, which would have been kind of an answer for them, I guess. Not a hundred percent bona fide starter you got there in Stalock, but probably wouldn't have been better than Smitty at this point, but he's off to San Jose. So he, I think he's actually dressing tonight for San Jose or whenever they play. So he'll actually be getting games in San Jose and that's the return to San Jose because I believe he was there in his first couple of years in the league. So yeah, we'll see what happens with that. But another thing, Jake debrusque has been hot recently. He still wants to trade out of Boston. Do you agree with that? Uh,
1: I think it's because him and Cassidy don't get along so as long as cassidy's a coach like he doesn't want to be there which is understandable but like even though he's on this hot run because he's playing with uh Marshane and bergeron now in that top line it's if anything it's helping his trade value so that teams might throw him a bone hmm. or make an offer to boston before the trade deadline so like like i think it's just because that relationship's so done like it doesn't matter how good he's doing like he just does he wants a fresh start somewhere else so I mean, it still makes sense because I think the whole thing is that relationship with Cassidy is not good.
0: Right. Yeah, no, totally agree. And like, it's a thing where if you have clash, clashing personalities, you totally get what the player is coming from. Like it, without playing on the top line, he's in the third, fourth line area. Yeah. Um, Cause the top two lines are basically really good when they have those players working together. And this was something I believe we talked about last year, Jake to getting traded. Teams interested in him were the Ottawa Senators, the Montreal Canadiens, and I forgot the other team. It might have been Philadelphia, but at this point in time, I don't see uh, the Philly, uh, the Flyers happening. I don't see Montreal happening, but I maybe see uh, the Ottawa Senators being a player with Jake DeBrus because he could be a guy that could be you know pretty good for that team. One playing, he could be in the top six. He could be with those young guys. He could be on the power play. He's the type of guy who can get probably twenty-five plus goals if you get a really good Jake DeBrus, but. I see another team like Minnesota. Just you need scoring, uh, especially the last couple of games they've had there in Minnesota. So oh we'll see what happens.
1: Yeah, like I, I actually like the Ottawa pick too. I just don't know what is what. What do you give up for DeBrus? Like I think he's an RFA after this year. So like obviously he's still got term left. Like he has arbitration and all that. Like he's still your property. So it's just more to like what's his price. Like I, that's what no one really knows.
0: Yeah, no one really knows. They'll have to figure that out. I would say a third, a second, at most, for one for one. Yeah, maybe.
1: I'd say like a second, maybe at most. Yeah, we'll see what happens, though.
0: Um, Blackhawks named their GM Kyle Davidson as their permanent, so he's been the interim for a couple weeks. Maybe, uh, maybe it was a couple months, a couple weeks, I don't really know. Um, so he's their permanent guy. They searched around the NHL for a lot of guys. It's just around the NBA, for that matter, for a lot of people. They searched the I Raptors' that, yeah. assistant GM as an option, and as well as the Cubs' assistant GM. So they were searching around a lot. They found their guy, and it was the guy they named interned. Uh, so Kyle Davidson. I don't know much about him.
1: but No, I th- I think he's just been with the Blackhawks for a long time. But one question that we should ask, and that might go into my spicy meatball, so I'll save it actually. never. Okay, we'll save it. We'll save it for the spicy meatball. But –
0: there, it's not a spicy meatball, but it's a sli- it's a spicy slice of pizza I've got. Uh, the Vegas Golden Knights have been a, like I said, it, re- it revolves around the title a Whirlwind this past couple of seasons, and this year especially. They have not looked like the Vegas Golden Knights as years prior, where they're very dominant. They win games, and they win in that building, for that matter, because it was such a dominant building to go into. Now this year, it doesn't feel like that anymore. Uh, the Vegas Golden Knights have lost their flair do you see them missing the playoffs or are they in trouble of missing the playoffs? So that's a theory I had with uh, my buddy, Alex on BLP burning leaf pod and had him with yesterday at at dinner. And, you know, we actually went into detail with this and it might actually happen.
1: Honestly, like I have, this is just me from the outside looking at, I have a few biggest players in fantasy. And like, like you said, like they've lost their flair. Like I know they have like major injuries, like Alec Martinez, who's in the top four. Obviously, Stone and Patrick, they're two top wingers on their first line. Mm-hmm. But Eichel's been back. Obviously, you can't expect too much out of him. He's been off a year. But then, like, their goaltending, like, is Leonard healthy? It's like the guy is day-to-day every other day. Mm-hmm. Um, their defense has not been even close to as advertised. Like, again, I keep saying it. I don't know what happened to Shea Theodore. Like, there was a an analytics uh, screenshot that I saw from JFresh on Twitter. I know we're not too into analytics, but it, I like looking at like rankings and just like talking about it. But it had the worst defense. The worst defenseman this year defensively, hmm. number one was Alex Petrangelo, and number ten was Shea Theodore. I think that's a major issue. Yeah,
0: no, it is for sure. Because especially because they're the only defenseman on that team right now. They, they have names yeah. like McNabb, yeah. uh, Whitecloud. Like, are you trusting those guys?
1: No, like, it, it's a big issue. And like, that theory makes a ton of sense. Like, they're not a for sure thing. Like, it's big, mostly because LA Kings have been getting points off everyone. They have like 30 wins LA. Yeah, they're like, I think second in the Pacific. They've been playing way above their expectations. Obviously, they're in a, a rebuild mode. A lot of the young guys are doing well. You have a lot of veterans still there kind of doing their thing. My boy, Philip Deneau, is having a 50-goal year. Um, But, yeah, like, I think the Kings is what's scaring me because I always think, oh, they're going to fall off. Like, the Ducks have fallen off predictably. Mm -hmm. San Jose has been up and down. But the Kings have not fallen off. And they're just – if they keep beating these teams and getting points, Vegas is in trouble because Calgary is the cream of the crop in that division right now. Then you have, like, L.A., Edmonton and Vegas fighting for the last two spots and then they're not even in the better division like the central has Colorado Nashville St. Louis and Minnesota Minnesota as the top three or four teams that division so they might be in a wild card spot if they don't get their act together and start stringing together some wins because lately it's been like win one lose two win two lose one lose one it's like it's inconsistent the whole year.
0: Mm -hmm. Yep. And before I think they won that Tuesday game, they lost four in a row. It doesn't matter if it's an overtime, they still lost four in a row.
1: Yeah. And that
0: was with Laurent Grossois in the cage, but it doesn't really matter because you know, you look at their team, right. And you were the guy saying you Joe were saying last year, like they go after these big fishes and they don't really like really succeed with what they're doing because they go after so many top top end talent and I'm starting to see a clash of a lot of, you know, big time names getting together and it's not working out. I'm not saying this is a good comparison, but the LeBron factor with the Cavs, I believe one year he got all his boys to come with him. He got D Wade, he got D Rose, and they just couldn't get chemistry. They didn't get chemistry. So they revamped the whole team at the trade deadline, went back to the playoffs and ultimately lost because they didn't have enough power. And Mm -hmm. that's what I'm starting to think with the Vegas Golden Knights. You have Stone and LTIR. You have Martinez and LTI IR and people think it's a good thing for the Vegas Golden Knights. You know what? It's a good thing. We're going to have these guys out. They're going to come to playoffs. You can add at the deadline. No, I think the opposite. They're going to have no chemistry with Jack Eichel. Mark Stone will not have played a game with Jack Eichel. So is that the luck of the draw you hope for the best? Hey, here, here you go. Here's your winger, Jack. Like here's Mark Stone. You've never played with them, but here you go in the playoffs. I don't think it's a good philosophy because like you just said, they can miss, go in the wild card and have to play Colorado or Calgary. And I don't think that's something they want to look forward to. And especially what happened last year with Colorado. If Colorado plays better, they win and go to the conference finals. Like we all know that. It was just Vegas happened to pounce on an opportunity that Colorado was gassed and they just didn't show up their stars, but – uh, the Kings would be home ice advantage against Vegas Golden Knights and I would not be scared to pick the LA Kings in that series.
1: I know like that's the That's a crazy thing. And then like the thing about Vegas. It's like, okay, like say they missed a playoff, which is mm. a disaster God. for them. They have their whole team is like, except for like Riley Smith is locked in long term. So they'll have like another year like next year where everyone's healthy going into the year and all that like they'll have leonard locked in petrangelo theodore aren't going anywhere patch stone eichel like marcia so carlson like those like the most of the core is locked in so it's not like if they don't make the playoffs or like win the cup this year like it's over but like you said like it's like they are adding these names and there's no chemistry there's there's like it's everything's always on the fly, especially this year with guys in and out of the <laughs> lineup constantly. Like if you're going to keep adding guys and adding guys, like where the hell are there? What the hell are your prospects? First of all, because there's zero on your team, except for Zach Whitecloud, Who's a random like sixth round pick who panned out mm-hmm. and like, who else is there? Hague? did they trade for him or did they develop? They, them? They,
0: they still have him in the organization. I just think he's injured right now. And that's one thing that's bad for them injury.
1: Yeah. Injuries and like they need to start instead of training for star players, why don't you develop one? Right. You mm-hmm. obviously botched Cody Glass's development. he never turned into anything. And then you traded away Suzuki for patch ready. So like all your, you don't have any prospects kind of filling in holes. Instead of you're signing guys in free agents, you're trading for them with term. Like that's a part that it's going to catch up to them eventually.
0: Yeah, agree. So Vegas Golden Knights are a team to watch for us because we don't know what they're going to pan out to be in the playoffs or end of the regular season or trade deadline. Because you know when those guys comes back, you're gonna have to trade guys. Like they traded for Dad and off the stupidest trade I've ever seen. He has like no points in a month, crazy. But whatever. Really? Yeah. Um, yeah, he has. He has. Eight, I was looking oh. at guys for the um, the Golden Plunger, and he has eight games played in the last month, zero points. So, my God. Yeah. that's that's tough that's a tough luck right now but we'll keep uh tabs on the vegas golden knights because we're hard on them and we have to be hard on them because they chose to do this right like they chose to be these guys and like you said joe i'll keep like i'll keep reminiscing to myself like they went for all these big fish and i've seen nothing yet so we'll see
1: Mm -hmm. all right yes they made the conference finals and stuff like and all like they made the conference finals last year. Fine, just a
0: bunch, they lost to you guys. Like,
1: yeah, come
0: on. like they should be proud of that.
1: No, and they were like up in that. No, they weren't up in the series, but they had home ice. And like, I remember that mm-hmm. game five, that game five, like they came out so flat at home. And like, the most important game in this series is game five. And like, they were so flat. And like, game six was in Montreal and all that. And it just, they lost in overtime. It's just, yeah. I don't know what it is like. They keep, like you said, they're doing it to themselves. Yeah,
0: there's no fault. Themselves. Yeah, yeah. I agree. All right, we'll move into the hard hat awarded to the best player in the NHL the past week of play, or since our last recording. In this case, it's our last recording. I'll go with my guy first. It's Mitch Marner of the Toronto Maple Leafs. He's been unbelievable for my fantasy team. He's been unbelievable for the mm-hmm. Leafs in the last um, two weeks since we last recorded. 14 points in eight games played. You know, I keep saying if this guy just figures out in the playoffs, a bronze bronze is being ready. It's ready. Like you just got to melt it down and be ready. And your statue is on Legends Row, Mitch Marner. Like that's all you have to do Just perform the playoffs, keep the fans happy. It's all you have to do because there's no doubt he can do in the regular season. Question mark is the playoffs. So until then, we'll keep uh, waiting for Mitch Marner to do it in the playoffs. But your guy, he's been on fire recently and Adam Wild had a wild hot take about him, but it turns out it could be kind of true right now.
1: Yeah, so my guy, like I actually had another guy here before, but then I couldn't ignore the heater that he's been on and that's Patrick Liney of Columbus who has seven goals, three assists, ten points since the last recording, three game-winning goals, including one against your Leafs in overtime. Um, but like Even if I, like, it's not even just since we last recorded. Like, even before that, he was on a heater, but I didn't want to include those stats. But he went from, like, literally eight, nine goals to 20 in, like, two and a half weeks. Like, the guy's at 20 goals now. And, like, no one's talked about him all year because he scored, like, 10 goals in the last 10 games. So, he can get, he's always been capable of getting on these absolute heaters kind of like Matthews in that sense where like they score like a goal a game or two goals a game for like a few weeks and you're like this guy's going to score on every shot he takes so he has that ability line he does that finishing ability it's just more so the rest of this game is not good like defensively and like the effort for the most part but I have to give him the hard hat this week he's been on fire for Columbus he's still at a over a point a game for this whole season because he's been hurt uh early on in the year so he's had a pretty solid year all around mm-hmm. so i'm gonna give him the hard hat for the last few weeks
0: yeah we'll see what happens with the contract status in columbus i believe it's last year and i think mm-hmm. his quali- qualifying offer is seven million dollars so i mean if columbus you do that you just do yeah, the qualifying offer you don't really uh, sign up long term because you don't know what you're gonna get but if this is what you're gonna get i mean yeah sure
1: yeah like i mean they have no one else that's like a, a like he is except for boone waver jenner who's having a career year <laughs> in columbus they obviously have jork shank who's a good player but like if liney wants to stay in columbus yeah. like i would just seven million like sure like the guy can score 25 in his sleep like you don't just that doesn't come around too often
0: yeah and they've messed up with players in the future or the, sorry the past you don't want to do yeah. that for this future yeah. with more so Uh, We'll move on to the golden plunger. So flush the toilet for us. And yeah, both of these teams. Well, yeah, they're both deserving of them. You go with yours because we talked about the Leafs with Mitch Marner, but you have the cage minders in those ones.
1: Yeah. So obviously the Leafs, like as a whole, have not been awful. It's just more so their goaltending. Who's my golden plunger for this uh, for the last few weeks, but like, just looking at the save percentage of both goalies since like, like January 1st, like if I both, they're both under 900, which is awful in today's NHL, like back in the, maybe 10, 15, like 20 years ago, like that would have been decent. But like, it's the fact that the Leafs are outscoring their problems. So I'm not putting the Leafs here because they're still winning games. It's like their goaltending because like their numbers and like the goals they let in are just like embarrassing. Like they're either swimming in the net or like they flat out miss a shot like Campbell not to trick him the guy missed it Mm -hmm. like far side and like he didn't even know where the puck was and then like even like Mrazic yesterday like like swimming in the crease not knowing where the post are the guy sliding across the crease and Olufsen had like a wide open net for no reason like there's no reason for Marazic to be on the outside Mm -hmm. so like it just the whole goaltending has been a mess but as we talked about at the top of the episode like i don't think they need to add anyone they just need to ride these two out i i hope they'll figure it out for the fan base's sake um but yeah i'm gonna have to give them a plunger for the last few weeks
0: Yep. Agree. Totally agree. And then I'm going to go to Minnesota and say the whole team. Uh, they have one win in the last seven games. Didn't know it was that concerning, to be honest. Like, they've been playing well. It's just saying they haven't been winning. Uh, you would know. You have the goaltender. So, Capo Kapokakkanen and uh, Cam Talbot got to wake up there. But Yeah, they've been killing me. It's just like, it's just a factor of, is this the wild team? Is this the true wild team? Or is this the one that just is going on a, cold, bad, really bad streak that we're seeing. I don't know because we've seen them be good. We've seen them be bad. Are they in the middle somewhere? I don't know. Uh, what do they do at the deadline? We talked about in our group chats. Do they go get Claude root Do they go get little middle six forward uh, players? Do they get defensemen? I don't know. Like at this state in hockey right now, they're not the favorite in the West. It's Calgary, Colorado. They're a very good team. You're going to need Kaprasov to do most of the heavy lifting on that team. So do you want a player like Giroud to go and kind of compliment Caprasoff? Sure. But, you know, I don't know if it's a panic mode trade that they have to make at the deadline, in the wild, but it's something they have to very consider at the least.
1: Yeah. Like I totally agree. Like, like we've been talking about, they need a center because they literally do not have one. Like Joel Eriksson is their number one center. Like Montreal, who's the worst team in the league, has a better center than Suzuki. And like, if you're a contending team like the Wilder, I don't know what. Like you said, we don't yeah, know, know what they are <laughs> because they have guys that are in their mid to late thirties, like Spurgeon, Zuccarello, Cam Talbot, like guys that are in their thirties, and they have. Boldy, then you have Caprasov, then you have Fiala, like mid 20s, early 20s. And it's like the roster's kind of all over the place. Like they're a good team overall, I would say. But like you said, like scoring's been an issue recently. They've been brutal. They've been like losing by like multiple goals last couple of games. And like we always forget this, but remember they bought out Parisi and Suter out of those contracts. They have like, 12 or 14 million dollars and buy out cap space starting next season so like how like what is their window like no one knows at all so it's really troubling for minnesota because like they were mediocre for so long then they had a great year last year Kaprizov came onto the scene was amazing as advertised this year they've been like mostly above average but now they've been like meh the last couple of weeks but they they don't have like a clear plan in place is my problem with that team like there was no need to buy out in my opinion they did not need to buy out Suter. parise maybe because he was really slowed down but to buy out both made no sense because of the cap ramifications over the next couple of years Mm -hmm. so
0: yeah and i think the minnesota wild when they're at their best they have no slackers and right now they're having slackers they're having a few guys who are not playing at their best they have a few guys who are and i think you that combination is just deadly for that team because they're going to need an all-in system like you said before with teams playing a different system style or structure they play a structure they play it well that's they you're going to need all those players to play that structure well i think that's what's not going right now for the minnesota wild so Uh, We'll move on to What You Say with Jason Drulo. And I don't know if you saw this, but (laughs) it's pretty funny, Uh, Ryan Reeves. I swear they played together on the St. Louis Blues, but I guess I'm mistaken. I guess it was Ott in Buffalo with um, John Scott at the helm. He was the big enforcer there, and Ryan Reeves was obviously with the Blues. And they had a big rivalry back then, I guess. I guess so, because they were chirping at each other. Reeves was in warm-up. Ott was on the bench coaching because he's an assistant coach in St. Louis. So here's the audio of what they have to say to each other. I mean, I guess bad blood doesn't really go away, right?
1: No, I don't, I guess not. Uh, it's pretty jokes because I, I think they played with each other, right?
0: I don't know, that's what I was saying before like, did they play together? Like I don't St. think Louis? they played I don't think so, like I want to say they goals. did maybe but, I I haven't searched up, so
1: Yeah, uh, I might have, if anything, it would have been I think with St. Louis, maybe if not, then they, they've been a, they've been like they played against each other, obviously, yeah. from years ago. So, Ott, I remember Otter, <laughs> the trade deadline 2017. What does be Marky be. Bergevin do? He trades for Steve Ott and Dwight King. Yeah. When they're first place in the Atlantic, they won the division. They had no scoring going into that series versus the Rangers and lost in six games. <laughs> That's what I always remember about Steve Ott. That
0: series I'll remember about – uh because of Benajad's overtime winner at the Bell Center, I
1: remember that always. I rem- I'll re- just remember the only win, that- the only good win they had, which was they tied the game in Game Two in the last second with. I think it was Rogeloff or Placanic or and then one of the yes, others won it right. overtime.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think
1: Placanic tied it and Rogeloff won it or, or something like that. Yeah. I'll remember that. The rest was embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um we'll move on to Battle of the Budge, which is looking embarrassing on my standpoint, but not your standpoint. But the last week you went one and two, I went two and one. So I mean I guess a little turn of the tide there. Um, but I'm 18 and 12, you're 24 and six. Big record there. I'll go with my picks first for this couple of weeks. Devils at Rangers, March 4th. I believe that's tomorrow, right? So I'm taking the home team Rangers in that one. Kings at Sabres, March 6th. I'll take the Kings and then Oilers and Flames, Battle of Alberta, March 7th. I will take the Oilers who are on the road because last Mm. time I believe the Flames lucked, I I, I believe they lost in Edmonton. So I think the Oilers, McDavid and Drysdale, just show up to those games. So I think they'll just show up again.
1: Yeah, I mean that's a spicy coin flip type of game because Calgary's literally been uh, one of the, if not the best team in the league the last 3 or 4 weeks. Yep. So, it's a spicy one there. So for my picks, I have a kind of a slam dunk but not really Red Wings at Tampa, that's tomorrow night at in Tampa, so I've Tampa winning that. We just talked about the Wild, they got they hope I hope for my sake of my fantasy season almost that they get back on track this weekend versus the stars on sunday yeah we'll have them winning that one and then vegas we just talked about them again they need to beat some bad teams and what else could they do but beat the shitty flyers on (laughs) march 8th on the road
0: yeah i mean it's not really cool it's not really hard to go into philadelphia anymore and win games like it's just been so bad this year for the flyers and i would know best because I said that thing, Carter Hart, man, bounce back gear. Flyers making the playoffs, and ultimately uh. they, yeah, ultimately they slapped me in the face on that one. But uh, that's been Battle of the Buds. Now we go into the hot take. So you kind of teased it, or sorry, Spice the you kind of teased it at the start. Go to fruition on the what you have for me.
1: All right. So we mentioned Kyle Davidson being hired as the Blackhawk. So obviously they did that internal search, whatever. The Blackhawks made a ton of moves in the offseason, and they've all really not worked out at all. They traded for Flurry, he's been pretty good, but the team in front of him hasn't been great. They gave up a ton for Seth Jones, gave him a massive extension for absolutely no reason. <laughs> that hasn't worked out. Jones has been okay for the most part, but again, that it just doesn't work. And now uh, we've been talking about, well, I've been talking about in a group chat the potential bust of Kirby Duck because he's been awful since literally breaking his wrist two years ago. Um, so my hot take, so if they're going to do a full-on rebuild now Chicago, Flurry leaves, Seth Jones is obviously locked in, do Kane and or Jonathan Tave spend their whole careers as Chicago Blackhawks? So either one of them gets either traded or leave in free agency because I think they have one or two years left on their deal. I believe it's
0: one more, like not this year, like next year.
1: Next year. Yeah. So next year, if they're both UFAs, do they re-sign? Do they get traded at next year's trade deadline or in the off season? What do you think happens? Do you think they're going to be one man teams like maybe a Ryan Getzlaff or do you think they're going to be traded or leave in free agency?
0: Yeah, that's a tough one because, you know, in the past they were dominant, they were great players together, winning those cups, winning those awards, but now it's not looking so great for the Hawks. And obviously their uh, former GM uh, Bowman was thinking that this team could get it on the rails and they obviously didn't. And Kyle Davidson is stepping up and kind of being the leader and being like, no, we're rebuilding and that's what they should have yeah. done a few years ago, and they did, and then they kind of they just sidetracked, I don't know, but my answer would be I think Kane will leave, but I don't think Taze will, and okay. I would be a bit surprised if it's the reverse, if Taze left and Kane stayed, um, but the reason for Kane is like there's, this, there's something about him, like he has that swagger, he has that winning mentality, he has that clutch mentality, and you I think he w- would realize that I can't really do that on a rebuilding team. Why not I go to a contender? doesn't mean he has to win the cup. Just go on a team that actually is playing meaningful games, right? And if next year the Chicago Blackhawks aren't, I think that's something you really got to consider if you're Kane. For Taze, he's been injured. He's been injured a lot recently. He had that horrible thing happen him last year. I forgot what it was, but he missed the whole year, and he was injured half the season this year. So I think he just might retire. (laughs) Like, it's not a realm possibility, right? Like, I don't think he's that dominant anymore you talk about Kane by himself basically as one of the greatest Blackhawks players you don't really talk about Taze because he kind of faded out even though he should be considered one to be one but Kane is still that player that is really good and you know whether he goes and wants to compete on another team I could totally see the Buffalo Sabres kicking tires on him whether it's trade or thing to bring the hometown guy come in because Buffalo Sabres have not been that bad this year, to be honest. Like, they look bad in the standings, but Tage Thompson, 20 goals. Skinner, almost 20 goals. Alex Tuck, point per game on that team. You got a couple of guys, like we said a few weeks ago, that want to play for that team. I think Kane would be one of those players.
1: Yeah, like, I, I, I agree with your thing where I think Kane would leave rather than Taves because, like you said, like, Taves like, might retire either this offseason mm-hmm. or next. Who knows? Because, like, he has one year left. Maybe he tries to play out that last year. I don't know. Who knows what's going to happen with him because he's been a question mark, like you said, the last two years. And he's even fallen off Yeah, kind of before then. Kane's mm-hmm. been just putting up points, even this year with how pretty bad they've been. Obviously, him and Debrink have an unreal yeah. connection. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, always, he's really good, a really good setup guy. Obviously, if you have a pure sniper on your team, you want him, Kane, setting him up he's going to find them all the time. So I can see him, maybe Buffalo, like you said, I don't know what's going to happen. Like that's the thing. It's like, is he going to get traded there? Or yeah. is he going to sign somewhere? So it's either this happens next summer or it happens this summer. So that's the kind of question that I think he will leave. And then like maybe like right before he retires, I does one last year yeah. or does like a retire as a black Hawk, like that one day thing that mm-hmm. people do. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I could see that happening because because Kane still has ability. And I think if if he's on a contending team and feels like they have a chance to win, he'll be more motivated, mm-hmm. even though he still produces points. Maybe, like, his overall play isn't the greatest, like, right now. And I think he could still get to a level, even though he's in his mid-30s now. Um, he's still that guy that could make a highlight play, a highlight mm-hmm. pass, and, and definitely benefited teams like power play and all that. Yeah. So. I definitely agree with that decision.
0: Yep. We'll see what happens there. There are two beloved guys in that city. So it'd be yeah. really tough to see as a fan for many, many years of that team to, for them to go. And they went on, they went, they didn't go out on a high note, but in the s- scheme of things, they had three cups. They were very dominant for that team going down the stretch there, but that'd be tough pill to swallow. Both of them gone in one off season. That'd be.
1: Yeah, that'd be bad. <laughs>
0: but it's the right thing to do. Kyle Davidson, he's the only guy to step up in that organization and be like doing the right thing. So,
1: yeah, exactly.
0: All right. I think that draws a close to the episode. There's not really much left. Hockey's on right now. I believe it's 7 PM right now. So hockey should be starting. Many things to go for the trade deadline. We should have some uh, projected trades going into next episode because Usually there's leaks of players who are on the move and who've picked their teams they want to go to so maybe we can do something like that next episode. I don't know, just an idea.
1: Yeah, we could do that. Like we the next one or two episodes depending on if there's any early trade. It's going to be mostly trade deadline focused and then of course we'll be doing a recap episode after March 21st.
0: All right, N10 will be back
1: next week. Join us then. Woo!